Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Toyota Brookhaven services all makes and models. That could be why we were voted best service department the past two years. Come see why. Exit 40 Brookhaven or online at toyotabrookhaven.com. Great service, great savings. At Toyota Brookhaven, we deliver. What's up on a Friday? I am Brian Scott Rippey, my co-conspirator, as always, is Colin Brister. I appreciate you hanging out with us on this Friday, October 11th edition of the Rebel Report podcast. Locked and loaded show today. We've got Greg, the meat doctor from LB's. He came on, made some picks. I asked two or three really dumb questions about grilling stuff because I don't know anything. I asked him to basically help me out with, I don't know, making my girlfriend think I could cook like exotic meats and stuff. And not sound like a complete moron. So he's got some grilling tips. I know we had a jerky question from actually one of our state listeners. He tried to answer that as best he could. They don't have a dehydrator. Uh, I don't really know what that is, but apparently that's what the utensil you use to cook jerky. Um, so we got some meat questions. We got some football questions. And then I basically went down the line and asked him every mascot possible that was a live animal if you could grill or smoke that. So we got that. We've got Mailbag Friday. It's the people's holiday. Your questions. Uh, what's up? You ask him about a shark. Could, could you could no, you grill or uh, no? We so we went to the NFL. Once we went to the NFL picks, I astutely pointed out. I was like, "Greg, this is a total crock of shit. You can't cook anything on these NFL mascots." And then we went <laughs> down through them, and he was like, "Yeah, you're probably right. Maybe you could do a dolphin." And that's a good point. But the, good other point. than that, you can't. Like I don't. I I I pointed out it's very highly illegal to uh, to smoke or cook an eagle. Um, I don't think you can cook Falcons or Cardinals. I was going to say, what about Falcons? I don't think you can do that. Um, and then, you know, some of them are human, so, like, well, I didn't even really try yeah, to I ask mean, him I that. Do Probably don't want to go down that road. So, um, yeah, interesting. Greg, uh, obviously very generous by sponsoring the podcast. Wait, what about a Jaguar? Uh, no, I don't think – I didn't ask him about any of the cats because I don't think it's – See, I asked him about the Arkansas Razorback. If like I was surprised that this summer when I saw people like you know taking pictures with it outside the baseball stadium because college sports on a cold or anything, I was like, I'm surprised none of those Arkansas people tried to steal it and smoke it. <laughs> so not a cold. Yeah. So anyway, it's Mailback Friday. Let's just get right into it. We got a long show today, long podcast. Uh, me and Greg went about 35 minutes. Hopefully, you'll find that interesting. Uh, if Greg, look. In a world of weird superstitions for gambling, if Greg leads you to the promised land this week, he is definitely going to just become a meat sharp. <laughs> so oh, I think God, I think yeah, you got to yeah. follow him to the end. You have to blindly kind of cult like follow him to the end if he has a winning week this week. I told him though, if he beat us too bad, that we're just going to boot him off and he can't come back. Yeah, but he can still sponsor us. Yeah, he can still sponsor us. He's just not allowed to make picks better than us. So anyway, um, let's just get right into it. And then we'll get into some Missouri. Some Missouri Ole Miss rap, kind of some final thoughts on that, if it doesn't cover it in the questions. Steve Amen asked, what stat line would you like to see to give you an idea who wins Saturday besides the QBs? I say Jerrion Ely. Um, I, it could go any of the running backs. I'll just say Jerrion Ely. I think that's the most direct line to see what success Ole Miss has had. What do you say? Uh, Elijah Moore, just because I think they're going to have to throw the football with some success. You tell me Elijah Moore has over 100 yards on Saturday, I think Ole Miss wins the football game. All right, fair enough there. We've got, let's see, if Ole Miss played Memphis this weekend and not the first weekend, would the outcome be any different? I don't know about the final outcome just because Ole Miss hasn't shown me that they can beat a good team yet, and until they finish the job and do that, I'm not going to tell you that the result would have been different. The game may have gone differently, like in terms of I don't think Ole Miss would have been as big of a disaster blocking 
as it was. Um, so I would say from that sense, maybe the game like goes a little differently, but I don't know if I don't know if I could say definitively if Ole Miss would win the game today. I think my argument would be that the way Memphis would have to attack Ole Miss is throwing the football down the field if they're going to score more than 15 points. And I don't know if Memphis's offensive line was good enough to block Ole Miss uh, then, and I don't know if they're good enough now. Um, I think it looks a little bit differently, and I think if it, if the line were set today, it'd be much closer to a pick on than a Memphis minus six or whatever it was. Um, yeah, no, I, I certainly agree with that. So, I don't know. I mean, if if Ole Miss finishes the year five and seven, and they're probably going to kick themselves. Yeah, they're they're probably going to look back at both Memphis and Cal and really feel like it was a missed opportunity. Of course, they finished five and seven. I still think they're going to a bowl game. Yeah, again, I don't know how the APR thing works. I don't know how many teams. I I think it'd be hard to tell until kind of the last month or or week or so of the season to kind of see who's eligible and who's not. But be that as it may, I think if they do miss out on a bowl game, they're going to kind of look back at the first month of that season and really just. I don't know about kick themselves because there was so much new, there was so much stuff going on, but like feel like they missed really two big opportunities because uh, that's Absolutely. kind of the way the season was framed, um, particularly in the first month. That, like, I mean, I've said it a hundred times. They just had a you know three part test and they failed the two toughest parts, and it wasn't by much, but a sixty nine point four is still a failing grade. Nice. Yeah. So. Who finishes with more rushing yards at the end of the season, Ely or Phillips? I say Phillips because Ely's not going to get the volume of carries needed to do that. If you want to go all-purpose yards, then I might hear an argument for Ely, though I still think Phillips has more. Um, So I'll go Phillips. Yeah, I completely echo that. Um, Phillips is going to get the ball in crunch time. He's he's their best running back to me still. So I think it's certainly uh, Scotty Phillips. Um, So with the current quarterback situation, does the QB situation look different next year with Robbie Ashford, Plumwee, Tisdale, and Corral? Transfers, position changes, John Rice is a slot guy. He's just a freak athlete and needs the ball, the man says. Um, I guess we'll unpack that one at a time. Yes, it will look different. I don't know how different. I think there will be roster attrition at the quarterback position because all four of these guys didn't come in to sit. They want to play. I don't really know what it looks like. I don't know who the starter is next year at this point. I think that's kind of one of the fascinating things that you'll find out over the next couple weeks of the season. And I uh, I don't know how it's going to shake out, but it'll definitely look different and there'll definitely be transfers. Yeah, there'll be transfers. Robbie Ashford's going to come in assuming he stays with his commitment, and I have no reason to believe he wouldn't. Um, I think he's going to be really, really good and compete for playing time immediately. It's going to be it's going to be interesting to follow. Um, quarterbacks don't stay if they're not playing, and, and we're going to see how the rest of this year goes. So... Uh, it'll certainly be fascinating going into next season, especially with the tough start to next year and, and who they're playing. Uh, year from now could be really fascinating at who's the quarterback. Yeah, it will because you have you bring in Robbie Asher, like whoever is it. Like if, if Rich, assuming Richrod sticks around another year, like if he's back of the offensive coordinator next year. I mean, this sounds simplistic, but whoever like whoever can run and throw, that's going to be the ticket. And like you would. Lead you to believe, obviously, Plumlee can run. Corral's an okay runner. I don't think he gets enough credit for, like, how he ran in the first four games. But, like, as far as more natural fit, you figure it'd be Ashford and Plumlee as far as the run game. But whoever's going to be able to run and throw it competently is the ticket. I know that sounds simplistic, but it seems like that's going to end up being the case because Ole Miss is 
kind of working through a two quarterback deal right now where one offers one and the other offers the other. Yep, yep. So whoever's able to do the best of both worlds is probably going to be your guy. If I'm handicapping it, I'm thinking it's probably the guy at Hoover High School. Um, yeah, I just I have a hard time predicting a kid that's playing high school football right now is going to start on an SEC team next year at quarterback. I don't know. It may end up being the case. It's just hard to predict. We're seeing see more and more of it, though. Yeah, I agree. It's just hard to it's 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 hard to see it until they get into an SEC program, get into practice, some scrimmages, and some different stuff. The second part of this guy's question is thoughts on these twenty one twenty one baseball team with Ashford Plumley and Ely as a starting outfield. I don't know about that. Yeah, no, I don't see that. Um, yeah, I don't see that at all. I, I mean, it, that's just from. A, I don't think Connor Walsh is not going to play. I don't think. Uh, LaFleur is going to sit on the bench. Um, I think they've got a lot of options in the outfield that can that, that play baseball full-time, but it's going to be hard for Jerry Ely and, and, and John Rice Plumley to just come in and supplant them. Yeah, it is. It'd be pre- one thing if this baseball team wasn't talented, but, I mean, you've got guys that are really good and they're going to play baseball full-time. Around. It's going to be tough to get them off the field. Yeah, and I'm not necessarily sure this year's team, as far as baseball-wise, will be good, but I think the 2021 team will be good. So I think it'll be a lot harder, too, in 2021 as well. Maybe they get in, because this team, like, I think the 2020 team is probably going to struggle some, particularly with the amount of news they have. I mean, you saw it in 2017 with Kessinger and that whole bunch. I think my argument would be, and I don't want to get too far off into baseball, they've got some JUCO guys they can rely on this year, whereas they did really didn't in 17. I guess, but, I mean, you had the Cockrell, you had Rowe, who was – Right. Yeah, I actually think these guys are going to perform, though. Yeah. I, I think that's going to be a little bit of it. Maybe they don't, but I feel like these guys are actually more fit to, to perform in this offense than those two are. Yeah, they probably need to make it to the postseason because if they miss it this year, that becomes a hard sell with the new AD. Uh, I, would be, I would be stunned if they don't make it to the postseason this year. Yeah, I don't know. Young team, a lot of different parts. I mean, you got one. You got one good starter coming back, and you've got a second that you don't really know what you're getting at all. So I don't know. Did you talk to five yesterday? No, I did not. We had to. We had to. Uh, I had to do some pre-radio stuff for the. Uh, I had to do some radio stuff during that and record an interview. So I. Uh, I did not. I'll probably be out there next week. Um. If Ole Miss got a live animal keeping the SEC tradition, let's say it's a dog for the sidelines, what would the dog or live animal be? I think it'd have to be a shark, right? Uh, you kind of moved on. I mean, yeah. Yeah, you moved on from the bear, so it's got to be a shark. That bear was a tough sell. Yeah, yeah, rest in peace, Robert. Um... Yeah, I think it'd have to be a shark, and then I we actually talked about this on the podcast a couple. Speaking of Michael Thompson went to Texas A and M. Yeah, we could get to that in a bit. I don't. I mean, good for him. He gets another job. I don't know. I got. Oh, I'll hold that thought for later. Um, but yeah, I think it'd have to be a shark. We talked about this on the podcast a couple weeks ago, and well, actually, guy um, said sharks can't live in captivity, and it's actually just a great white. So I, I don't really know. Probably a shark. What is your favorite movie of all time? Uh, I don't know. I like The Hangover a lot. <laughs> Which one? The first one's the best. Yeah, I agree. I agree. 
I'm not a movie guy, man. Like I'm, I'm the guy that's not seen like Major League or, or Field of Dreams. Like I, I'm not a a movie person at all. Man, Major League is a fantastic baseball movie. Actually, I'm, I tell you what, I've got some free time this afternoon. I may sit down and waste myself watch that today. It is, uh, it is very funny. Major League Two is pretty good as well. Major League Three is not not good at all. So I, I would definitely recommend the first two. The third one is not. Not anything special, I wouldn't say. Um, let's see. Whose talents were misused worse, Alvin Kamara or Dawson Knox? I don't know. All right, both. I've got a pretty strong opinion here, but I'll let you go first. I don't know. I mean, the guy that plays that was ahead of Kamara ended up being a wideout at Baylor. Kamara was a five-star out of high school that played at Alabama. Dawson Knox, look, I like Knox. He's a hell of a football player. He wasn't recruited. Like, it, it's helping Kamara simply because, I mean, it was obvious. Yeah, no, no, I, we're saying the same thing. I agree. I mean, like, Knox, look, they misused him. They, they did it wrong. Uh, but also, the kid was, was a walk-on his first year at Ole Miss, and, and that's no fault of his own. He broke his foot. I think his senior high score, he would have been recruited. Alvin Kamara was a five star that played at Alabama. Like Jesus Christ, Butch. Yeah, Knox was a high school quarterback too. Was he? Huh. He was. I remember. I did a story on him in seventeen, and really nobody knew who Dawson Knox was at that point. And like, I was like, well, he's going to be your starting tight end, and he technically was by theory. But man, if that guy had gotten the love that Evan Ingram had gotten, and I'd say love just mean like as far as like targets and action, yeah, just move. I don't know. I mean, he scored his first touchdown since high school the other day. Yes, he did. He tweeted about it. On head-to-head, one of you guys said Breeze has all this time off. Have you ever had a broken thumb? Do you know what that pain is, or was that the stupid comment of the day? I don't know what head-to-head is. I don't work on head-to-head. I've never had a broken thumb. I hope that answers your very bad question. Um, Jesus, Rip. I don't understand that. What? Apparently, somebody said that uh, that they was you know Breeze had all this time off and wasn't having to deal with much with his broken thumb, and I, the guy's saying that uh, that having a broken thumb is extremely painful. I'm 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 sure it was Hey Dad or Borky, or maybe it was actually 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 I do remember this. It was Richard because Borky was talking about not rushing him back, and Richard was like, "Well, if he's back, like like if he's if he's cleared to play, why not play him?" Which was the line of thinking I ended up falling under. I, I, I don't know. I No, I've never had a broken thumb. Um, uh, it is not fun. Doesn't sound fun. I don't really... Uh, my question is, can we not talk politics? I think next time would be the first time. I mean, unless you want to classify the, the chancellor's discussion as politics, then, I mean, that's on you if you'd like to do that, but I would disagree. AD prediction slash hot takes. John Hartwell. I'm not going to say anything, but I think it is very much close. Like I, I think they have a guy or two, and I think they got two guys in mind. Um, is Ole Miss eligible for a bowl game if they have six wins? Yes. Yes, correct. Rebel fan sixty-eight. This one is for Rip. Has anyone told you you look like Gideon from the Righteous Gemstones on HBO? Do you know what that is? 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna, no, I don't. But I'm gonna let you have the floor on this one. I, I have actually. This is not the first time I've heard this because someone actually followed up with a photo, and it's the same photo that whoever made that parody Twitter account. I apparently have a parody Twitter account. Uh, they use that photo instead of a photo of me. So, you know, Internet's not creepy at all, and people don't have too much time on their hands. That's a totally normal thing to do. Not a big Internet fan, are you? No, I'm not. I think it's done more damage to society than just about anything on Earth, maybe more so than some drugs. Um, how sad are the good old boys at the newly hired Chancellor? Good old boy is not bringing back Colonel Reb. I'm not going into this question. Come on, Rep. We want an opinion. Who cares? That's my opinion. <laughs> oh, God. Of yeah, all the yeah. issues facing this school, and of all the stupid, like, of all the serious, serious problems it has, all the incompetent leaderships, and all of the bonehead decisions it makes, there are people hung up on Colonel Reb and statues. Yep. They, they thought hiring Glenn Boyd was going to get them Colonel Reb and Dixie back. Oh, I'm not uh, making this a one-sided thing. If you're really hot and bothered by, like, if, that, if that's your main focus is a mascot or some, like, statue or, like, monument, like, maybe let's focus on stuff that matters. Like, I don't know. Maybe successfully recruit some in-state students every once in a while. Yeah, or I don't know. I'm not, I'm not going down this road today. Corral or Plumley for the starter. Actually, if you had to make me uh, wager on it today or just like gun to my head, I think Plumley probably comes out for the first series, but I think they use Corral as well. I think Corral plays more than Plumley on Saturday. Okay. I, just, I don't know who starts. I think, I think, let's put it this way. If it's a three-point game in the fourth quarter, I think two's in the football game. Fair enough. I, uh, I'm, I'll, Tell you what I know, at the, at the portion of practice, of it, uh, the media was allowed to view on Tuesday, Plumley definitely took more first-team reps from what we were able to see than Corral. On Wednesday, Matt Luke said they split them. Be that as it may, take that what you want with it, whatever cliche you want to use, I'm just telling you what I saw with my eyes. Most, right. most slept on lunch spot in Oxford. LBs, you're about to hear about it. Okay, all right. All right we'll go yeah, aside from LBs. LBs is, is dope plate lunch-wise, um, probably number one lunch spot in Oxford. I got a lot because I worked right across from there for like a year, and it was great. Uh, it was also bad in a lot of ways, too. But anyway. Uh, for the sake Mama of the Joe's question, let's pick good. something else. Yeah, no, that was going to be my answer. Okay. Well, well, there we go. If you don't go to LB's, go to Mama Joe's. We'll see if, we'll, uh, we'll see if uh, they, they want to join in on the podcast, too. Yeah, so Mama Joe's doesn't really... I mean, I, I'm not saying this with regards to the podcast. I'm saying why it's slept on. Mama Joe's isn't really, like, advertised at all. Like, I yeah. I, I got taken there by a buddy of mine my first week in college. He was yep. a couple years older than me. He's like, we're going to go hit this badass lunch spot. And, of course, I am I barely knew my way around Oxford now, then, even though I'd come here for most of my life. And we just pull up to this old, like, kind of... It's not a crappy building, but it's a very old building... Right. And then you just walk in, and it's all this good, like, soul food, basically. Uh, yeah, I'd say Mama Joe's easily. I think... I'm trying to explain where it's at in Oxford. I, I'm not going to try to do that, because I'm not Siri. I <laughs> I uh, I would also say a new one that I really enjoy, that it may not necessarily be slept on, but Tallahatch- I really enjoy Tallahatchie Gourmet under Nielsen's. 
I've never been there. It's really good. They've got a couple really good like local beers, not to be like earthy granola guy, but I like some of their tap beers, and they have a really good chicken sandwich, among other things. They just have really good food. I really like uh, Tallahatchie Gourmet. I'm not sure that. I have a former roommate that would disagree that's probably listening to this, and he uh, he has terrible taste in food and is wrong about everything. Um, paper. What's up, yeah, that's exactly it. Paper or plastic. I don't know what that means. You like paper, plastic bags at the grocery store, Rip. That's it. That's the tweet. Isn't that what all these cool kids say on the internet? That's literally what this tweet says. <laughs> paper or plastic? I don't know. I don't know what that means. I guess paper in plastic bad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It like kills dolphins or something. Yes, save the whales. If you had to put your net worth on one college football spread this weekend, what would that game be? Oh, God. All right. I looked into this. Um, oh. I'll, do you have an idea? No, but I'll let you answer while I gain one. Do you know how stupid it would be if you had a lot of money, uh, which this implies if you, if you have a net worth, um, to bet against the University of Georgia at home? But that's what I would do. I would bet on South Carolina. I would take my 24 at home against Georgia. Okay, so it is now this morning. If you can get it at 24, that's great. It's gone to 22 and a half. Does that change your decision at all? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Uh, when I looked last night, it was 24 down. I actually like Texas at 10.5. I think that's a lot of points. I think Texas is really good. I, I don't know if they'll necessarily win the game, but, man, they're just, like, that's a, to me, that's a lot of points. Neutral site rivalry game? Yeah, that is a lot of points. Um, let me, I'm scrolling through. I don't want to have the same answer you do. Um, and I don't want South Carolina now that the line's falling two points. Um, if you put all your net worth on Tennessee, that would be kind of fun oh, afternoon. <laughs> or no, that'd be a, no. You'd be done by afternoon. Excuse me, that's an eleven a.m. game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm still. I'm just whatever. I'll take my points with South Carolina. I believe in them this weekend in Athens. I just think op- we'll get into this in the pick segments in a minute. But I think optics matter for Must Champion this season, where his team's going to struggle in not getting beat by forty in games like this matters. So I, I would tend to agree. I don't have a clue how the uh, Alabama A and M line is only Alabama line at seventeen, but A and M is obviously covering. Yeah, that's 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 Las Vegas knowing something none of us none none of us do. Can you talk about how Ajax is no better than what most Southern women make at home? What? Damn. Wait. Okay. So I got to start prefacing some of these before I read them out loud on the air. I'm just reading what the guy said. I like Ajax. It's heavy food. Um. I'm going to change that phrasing to just Southern home cooking. Um, Look, Ajax is good, but, like, your mom makes that food, too. Like, I don't know. It's not not like it's, you know, special to me. I I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. But, you know, it's not like you can't go home and get that meal on the weekend, too. I mean, I guess that's true, but that's also true for some other boys, Oxford. I like Ajax. I tend to... I do, too. I tend to stay away for the like if I'm having to go to work or something after because it's so heavy. I feel like I need to take a nap. Oh yeah, yeah. But that's, I, uh, that's the place like where if you went and got lunch during college, you didn't make your afternoon class. Yeah, I just I don't uh, I I don't hate Ajax at all. Is Mizzou starting their backup quarterback? No, they're not. No. Kelly. All indications are that Kelly Bryant will start and play. What's your best golf score in Jorts, and how long are they socially acceptable? Or how long till they're socially acceptable again? Because I'm ready to rock them. I never played golf in Georgia, to my knowledge. 
So I guess my best score would be a zero, which is pretty solid. I not applicable. Yeah, I. How long till they're socially acceptable again? I mean, you can wear whatever you want. I like people that have the audacity to just be like, "To hell with it! I'm wearing this." It's kind of why I like Garner Minshew. Um, so, whenever you want, they're socially acceptable when you want to make you them. And, you and Garner are like the same age, aren't you? I guess we are kind of around the same age. I just wondered if y'all knew each other in high school. I no, I did not know Gardner Minshew in high school. I had heard the name. I actually think, actually, I don't know. When I first started stringing for Cronin at the Clarion Ledger, I covered a couple of his games at Northwest. So maybe yeah. he's a year yeah. younger than me, year two. Maybe. I, I don't. I think he was class of fourteen. You were like what thirteen? Yeah, so I guess he's a year younger than me. Uh, and you know, we're ba- basically on the same career trajectories. Um, That's right. What, what's in the water at Holmes Community College? I'm guessing this is in reference to, I saw somebody tweet last night, the Holmes beat. Holmes beat Scuba. Yeah, and that, so Holmes beat East Mississippi for the first time since Buddy Stevens has been the head coach at East Mississippi. Yeah, Scuba down a little bit. Uh, Holmes got their boy hired at Ole Miss, too. Don't forget about that. They did. That was, uh, they did that for Glenn Boyce, I hear. Um, let's see, let's see. Where does Kermit go next after Brakefield and Hoggard misses? Yeah, so Jamie and Brakefield committed to Duke, and Hoggard, I missed that news. Where did he go? Michigan State. Um, forgive me, until kids get closer to campus or it becomes crunch time, my job description does not require me to cover recruiting. Therefore, I try to stay plugged in as best I can, but I don't. I don't know it like those recruiting sites do, and I don't pretend to. Um, where does he go next? That's a great question. I may might be in the process of figuring that out here. And I know they got a visitor on campus this weekend. Look, right now they don't have any open scholarships, so they're gonna, somebody's going to have to flee for them to get an open scholarship. And I don't think they're just going to cut people for for guys that can't play. Um, I'm not exactly sure they're going to be pressing the waters. To- too hard. I think they'll try to find something because there's always something when you go out through the beginning of the season. Someone doesn't pan out or you figure out you need more of something. So I think they'll go get someone. I'm not sure who it is or what it is. They'll have one come open with Bree and Tyree, but that'll be given to Jarkel Joyner. What, is yeah. the, what does Devontae Shuler do? I think that matters. I, you know, this is a big year for Franco Miller. Like, I... There, I, there will be roster attrition. I think Ole Miss will add someone or or two pieces to this class. I don't know who it is or what, though, and I'm not sure they do at this moment. Those are two big losses, though. They, they thought they had both those kids. Yeah, they are. Uh, how pumped are you to see? But the fact that they're in the conversation consistently with these ki- kids of this caliber and getting some of them is kind of the difference in the Kermit Davis area and Andy Kennedy. And I'm not saying that to compare, but people always the great big question we got when they were hired was what does Kermit Davis have to do to like, you know, win more consistently or take it to another level that Andy Kennedy wasn't able to? And I don't mean to say that that was a fault of AK, but that's kind of it. Yeah, recruited a high level. Yeah, and there were there were when a, most of AK's tenure, there were other reasons why you couldn't do that. I'm not saying that to compare them to. I'm just saying like like that's a big deal that they're yeah. kind of in on those kids consistently. How pumped were you to see the Dodgers put out of the postseason? I wasn't that pumped at all. I I, I like Clayton Kershaw. I like the Dodgers. I hope they end this title drought. I do think the Nationals are a very cool story. I think they're a cool team. They kind of seem to be like the team of October, right? Like they were down to their last couple outs in the wild card game. And they're a good team, and I think they're going to beat St. Louis. I want to talk about Actually, I think we should use this time to talk about it now. Um, 
Because I don't think, look, people, uh, people that don't necessarily, I'm not going to be trying to, I know more baseball than you guy because that guy drives me nuts. Like, I, I'm not trying to be that right now. But the people that are adding to the, ooh, Kershaw in the postseason narrative, like, that is 100% on Dave Roberts and is inexplicable. And I'm not sure how he survives this. I, that, to me, that, to me that's, that's a fireable offense, and I don't Well, even, he survived it. They announced he's back. What? Yep. Dave Roberts is back next year. He is back. Okay. I don't necessarily wholeheartedly disagree with that decision, but I do find it a little bit surprising because if they wanted to can him, I think that's grounds for canning him. Look, people are that Kershaw in the postseason. Oh, like, one, look what he did. What, did he start game three? Two. Two. But he was fine, right? I mean, he got, he got a quality start. It wasn't bad. But he's coming off his least, ineffe- least effective season in over a decade. He, he throws 90 miles an hour. He's not a bullpen guy in a high-leverage situation. Right, and if you they brought him in for that one out of the seventh, and that's fine if you really want to go lefty-lefty to get Eaton. I would have used Adam Kolarik. Yeah, same. But running him back out there for the eighth inning is just 110, 110% indefensible. It made absolutely no sense. I'm sitting there watching that game with my roommates who – they like baseball. I wouldn't say they follow it and follow the strategic side, kind of like in the same way that others do. Um, but I'm sitting there kind of pulling my hair out. I don't even have a dog in the fight. I'm like, what are they doing? You have Kenta Maeda who has been nailed this postseason, and you pay your closer $18 million a year. Just give him the ball. I know. he wanted, So, for whatever reason, he was deathly afraid from – Dave Roberts is deathly afraid from having Maeda face Soto, which – Whatever, then go Kalerik in the eighth, and then go Maeda. But you leave Kershaw in. The first pitch he out uh, that that Rendon hit wasn't a bad pitch. It was at his shin. Yeah, exactly. The second one was a meatball. That was a bad pitch. It was a bad pitch. But you're asking him to do something he's not able to do, and there's this no reason he should be in the game. Like Kershaw is throwing 95 miles an hour. Okay, I, 89 to 90. Okay, I would say even if it's 2016 Clayton Kershaw throwing at 95 miles an hour, I'm still not putting him in there. You have yeah, a bullpen, use it. More there. I guess, but I'm still not doing it. I don't know. I guess my thing would be they just saw Walker Bueller throw 98 miles an hour. You can't put in the dude that's now throwing 89. Like, I don't think that works. Did you see? So Skip Bayless presumably watched his first baseball game since this time a year ago, and his take was that they should have left Bueller in at 117 pitches. Should I have done that before I brought Kershaw in? I mean, I guess, but I'm not giving credence to Skip Bayless anyway. But like, look, look, what did Maeda do after Kershaw gave up the two home runs? He what? DK three dudes. Yeah, exactly. So and then they took him out and watched Joe Kelly just die. Well, one, they gave Joe Kelly pitched a good ninth inning, but leaving him in there in, for a tenth inning instead of Kenley Jansen is another. Against the top of the order. Yeah, is another inexplicable move. Kenley Jansen, the best closer in baseball, if you take the last, what, four years cumulatively, is that fair? Yeah, he had a bad year this year, but everybody has a bad year. Right, so that's why I'm kind of giving him the last three years to kind of boost, beef that up. Yeah, it's not even close. They pitched him in a four run game when the season was already over. Yeah, Kenley Jansen threw zero meaningful innings in this series. So good for the Dodgers. That was a cool moment for Howie Kendrick, who had an awful. Or good for the Nationals, excuse me. Cool moment for Howie Kendrick, that had had a really brutal series. It's cool for the Nationals to kind of finally get over the hump as a franchise. I thought all of that was cool, but man, that's a bad taste in the Dodgers' mouth. Simply because their manager. I get they didn't add on off Strasburg. I understand all that. That's on Dave Roberts and nobody else. Yep.
I don't disagree. And the thing that if you're a Dodgers fan and you want to see them win a World Series, it kind of sucks in a way is they'll just be back next year. Like they're not going anywhere for a long, long time because their talented core is a or their their nucleus is a talented young core. Yeah, I follow someone that writes for one of the Reds blogs up near Cincinnati, and they pointed out that like. If you're a fan of the Dodgers, you've won 300-something regular season games the last three years. How do you even have the stomach to sit through another regular season before you October? Don't. It's just, it's, it's, I, I felt, Kurt, I felt bad for Kershaw because he didn't deserve that. Nope. Nope. And, and now, I mean, he's going to have to deal with all that. I mean, Kershaw right now is a number three starter in the major league. And they're asking him that if his name is anything other than Clayton Kershaw, he's not brought in that game right there. Well, that was Dave Roberts' reasoning. I read uh, I read a couple pieces on The Athletic after the game, and that was his reasoning. He said he's the best pitcher of our generation. I feel he good is. with him. No, I, he said, I feel good with him. I'll take my chances with him every time. And it's like, dude, you have numbers. You have statistics for a reason. And how about waking up from 2016? Like, that's not a defense. Yeah, he is the best pitcher of the gener- this generation, but he's not even near about the best pitcher on your team right now. Yeah, and it just the uh, the it'll add to the postseason narrative, which it to some degree is fair. But having that be part of the crafted narrative is dumb, in my opinion. I, that's not on him. Um, so Ross Bjork and Michael Thompson are their potential replacements. Choose, I'd go Ross Bjork and Michael Thompson. I think Ross Bjork's a smart guy. I think he did a good job. I think Michael Thompson was asked to do too much after they had some athletics turnover in 16, and it just overwhelmed him. So, as you were talking about earlier, good on him for kind of getting a fresh start and getting another job again with Bjork. So, I'm... I like Michael. He's fine. He's like, and I say from a professional side of things, he was always, like, fine. Everything, like, no, no, I had no issues with him and, and vice versa I don't I, I, that I'm aware of. So, happy for him. I'm always happy when someone else gets another job. Yes, he made mistakes. Yes, he didn't handle some things well. But the dude had a lot on his plate. I'm not going to bat for him. I'm just saying, like, take it easy with the internet heat, I guess. Yeah. yeah. People do read that stuff, by the way, that, uh, that you geniusly tweeted them. Oh, I, I, I know. Uh, I, I, they, they 100% do. And my answer to this question is also, why am I trusting the people in power at Ole Miss to make sound hires? What what history do I have to go off of that that's going to happen? Yeah. Glenn Boyce's mustache is bad in person as it appears. I didn't see him in person because the thing got shut down Friday, so I don't know. Oh, God. Not really a question, but are you watching Brandon Bolden about at Brandon Bolden tonight and this year? Dude is killing it. Something to talk about. That is a question, and yes... I did watch Brandon Bowen. I think that's a fascinating story. I think, I don't want to give away an idea here. I think someone could write a really fascinating book on Brandon Bolden's career because he's one of Belichick's favorite players ever. And he was used as a running back early in his career some. And then he went like three years without ever playing any significant offensive snaps. He was literally just a special teams guy, embraced it. Belichick loves him. They let him go to Miami a year ago and then brought him back. I think there's a fascinating at least book, maybe not a book, maybe it's just a long-form piece to be written about that. Um, happy he's getting carries again and scoring touchdowns. It seems like a really cool career. Yeah, yeah, I really like B.B. He, uh, he had a good career at Ole Miss. doesn't get talked about enough. He's also not young anymore. Like, still being in the league at this point and scoring touchdowns is fairly impressive. Yeah, he's probably 30 or so. Yeah, I mean, in a world of running backs kind of exiting by 28, 29, like, yeah. I mean, I don't mean to be hyperbolic, but like he and Frank Gore, who else do you have running backs in your 30s killing it? Uh, good question. Frank Gore is unbelievable. Is, but other than that. What Frank Gore is doing, though, in this day and age is absurd. 
his kid is getting recruited right now. I know, and he's still like, and he's still like, I don't want to say he's a feature back, but like, he's not a dude you're bringing in for two, three carries a game. Like he's, he's a, uh, he's carrying a heavy. I, he, he's unbelievable. I'm not gonna repeat it on on the airways. But have you ever heard the story about Ole, Ole Miss recruiting him? Yes, I have. Yeah. What is Benito Jones' draft stock compared to before the season? I, I think he's a second or third rounder right now. Okay, I I'm not a draft guru guy. I know Benito Jones is picking up a hell, is putting together a hell of a season. I know he's a really good football player that kind of just quietly goes about his business. So good for him. Yeah, yeah, really happy for that dude. After playing Alabama's defense, is Missouri's defense the same tier? Uh, no. Oh well, Alabama's yeah. got some defensive problems. I'll be interested to see just how good Missouri's run defense is this week. I do think they're a good run defense. I think they have a good secondary. I think they're a good defense. Alabama's tier, hell, I don't know. It's so subjective. Not good on defense. See, they're not good yet, but what Saban always does, and this will be the interesting question, is that can he get this amount of freshmen competent and playing good football by the end of the year? Because a lot of times what he does is he has a couple injuries or he has a couple holes to fill. He has to fill with young guys, and they struggle early on. And then by November, they're kind of with the program and really playing good football. But the the youth is so widespread this year. Can he do it again? Yeah, no, that's fair. But I think the question is probably relative to Ole Miss. As in, like, are you going to see the same type of defense on Saturday that you saw in Tuscaloosa? I think to answer that question is probably yeah. I still think Alabama's defensive line is probably better than Missouri's. Okay, I think Alabama. I think Missouri's secondary is better than Alabama. I'll listen to that. I, it's in the same conversation, which is weird to say. Yeah. Do transfers open up scholarship spots for twenty twenty? Yeah, I think that happens just about every year. Uh. Well, I mean. I don't know how that works as far as the 25-man limit and what you can sign. I don't either. I'll get on that and ask, though. Is Glenn Boyce going to make more than Vitter? I don't know. I think they're still trying to figure that out. That seems like a dirty, dirty situation on the upswing. I don't think they actually have any power to do what they're threatening to do. And I don't know, man. It's their money. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't think they want to go down that hole, I guess, but I admire them having the balls, I guess. I kind of want to see them do it. See what happens. Where's your research on JFK? I'm reading a JFK book right now. Stay tuned in a couple weeks. Wait, you're reading a book? Yeah, I am. I've gotten more I, into try to read books. I read a lot of articles and stuff, but I don't read as much books as I should, so I'm reading a JFK book. There you go. Uh, some guy responded and said, probably the same place the intro to the podcast is. It's coming, <laughs> assholes. It's coming. Jesus. So, <laughs> that's a pretty that's good reply. Great. I'm not going to lie. I can't get upset with that. An intro is coming. If I have to say, but look, if you get me to a thousand, if you get us to a thousand listens, which I, I can see, I check every episode. If you get us over a thousand, I will sing an intro. This is on y'all now. Share it with your friends. Listen to it a thousand times yourself. Wait, I don't wait, care. You're actually going to sing an intro? No, I'm going to get an intro. If it comes to singing, I'll do it. <laughs> so that's what we got going on. So I don't want to hear any more about it until. Give me if it, we don't have one when this guy gets back to me by the end of October, then you can start doing this again. But it's on you now for the next two weeks. How does Bryce Harper feel right now? 
probably a little I've got awkward. a weird opinion on Bryce Harper. Well, so baseball's a different sport than, like, you know, Kevin Durant leaves Golden State and how that changes things. Obviously, look, I, they didn't want to pay him that amount of money. I don't think Harper really had much interest in re-signing anyway. So, good on the Nationals for being a better team. But, like, look, you can go get a Patrick Corbin when you're not paying guys like that. I don't get the take that this team is better without Bryce Harper. You have Bryce Harper on this team, and it's, like, probably going – it's probably the World Series favorite, right? Or it's, it's certainly the NL favorite and has a really good shot of winning, of beating the Astros or, Yan- or Yankees. Well, the, the, the take is based off their results being better. And I, I agree with you. I'm just saying that's where it comes from. Yeah, I mean, it's just I, – I, I think people think that Bryce Harper's teammates hate him, and I've never gotten that sense. Now, you may hate Bryce Harper, like, as a fan, but – I think he's the guy that you hate if he's on your if he's not on your team and if he's your dude you love. Him. Yeah, I agree with that. But look, man, they had a like it I think it made sense for all parties involved giving what that some of the younger guys they had coming up, kind of entering their prime, the Robles, the Sotos, you know, they kind of figured out what they had in Rendon. I know that all of that directly equates to having Harper in the outfield. I got all that. But having more financial flexibility than what Harper was going to handicap you for, it made sense for both sides, and Bryce Harper got paid. And the fact that they're winning and they made the ALCS this year, I don't think has any direct effect on that. Like, they lost – how many Game 5s did they lose in the DS? Three. That's not not because they have Bryce Harper or because they don't. Yeah, I mean, I think in one of those games, Harper went three for four with two dingers. Like, it's not all on Bryce Harper. You just have bad luck. Baseball's a fickle sport sometimes. I do Still think, though, the que- yeah, I do. So I, I, the question was, though, how do you think Bryce Harper feels? He probably feels a little awkward. It's just human nature. Yeah. No, I mean, that's certainly fair. Yeah, so the Braves, that happened. Yeah, man. You, like, everybody always says, if we're going to lose, if my team's going to lose, let it just be a blowout. And I would kind of disagree. If I'm a Braves fan, I... I I would rather just lost that three to two or something. No, no. So I have a, I have somewhere in the middle. Let that happen. If you're a fan, really in, emotionally invested in something like that, let that happen in the fourth or fifth inning. Like, I don't, I wouldn't want that to happen to a team I was rooting for before my team grabbed a bat. <laughs> yeah, the, they're making defensive subs before you even get to a swing. The game was over before an Atlanta Braves stepped to the plate. If you blow up in the fourth or fifth inning and it's fine after that, then you maybe... You had a chance to score? Yeah, that's fair. Maybe that saves the heartbreak or whatever that comes with the 3-2 loss or whatever. So I get it from that sense, but not the first inning. I wouldn't want that. Can you imagine paid all that money? I'm going to be honest here. If I paid all that money to go in stadium and watch that game five and it was over by the top of the first, I would get so drunk in that stadium, I would make one of the ushers call me an Uber. <laughs> You're going to Fulton County Jail that night. I would just spend the next eight innings just challenging the concession stand. <laughs> that, you would look at your debit card the next day and be like, oh. Well, can you imagine the people that spent three, 400 bucks on like lower-level seats and then that was it? That was the game? <laughs> over before you record a second out. Yeah, I'm going for a cup snake record for the next eight and a half innings is what I'm doing. So, I – oh, here's one from Taylor Carr. This is a DM – Question for you and Colin tomorrow. Rank these based on the amount of pain they cause the fan base. You ready for this? Texas Super Regional 05 slash Miami 06. That's one. Virginia okay. 09 is two. Southwest Philly floater. He's talking about LaSalle. I, I'm, yeah. I'm guessing fourth and 25, Laquan 14, and then LSU in 03. All right, what was the second one? 
Second one is Virginia 09. The first one is Texas and Miami combined in the Supers. Okay. The third one is the LaSalle ending in the NCAA tournament. Four is fourth and 25. Five is Treadwell, and six is LSU 2003. Treadwell's one, right? That's one? Yeah, I think if you're talking about pain, like you, first of all, you lost, you lost your probably the most likely kid on that team to a broke leg. Second of all, there, there went your SEC West Kansas. I think that one's one to me. All right, go to fourth and twenty-five. Um, I think it's that. I think oh five, oh six, super regional. After that, frankly, because I think the two thousand five team wins the national title if they win that super regional. Uh, Virginia nine is four, and then the the, the floater is five. And LSU oh three is six. Oh oh god, I forgot LSU oh six. Let's put that four. Okay. Uh, woo, man, that's a depressing old Miss just... Yeah, that's not fun. Summarization there. I had an earlier mailbag Friday, I think. What would you shoot in the Montana High School Golf State Championship? So this is from one of my buddies that actually tagged me in this on Instagram. And he... Uh, so I don't know if you've seen this, but there's ice on the ground in Montana right now. And they're making them play a golf tournament in like through it. Oh my god! Yeah, so they so like have you ever seen on a golf course where guys like kind of use their hat to like brush away like whether it's pine straw, whether it's like you know stuff in their lawn like seed grains or whatever. These dudes are brushing off ice so they can putt towards the hole. <laughs> That's just like not. I mean, what what are we even doing? Yeah, I don't know how you can play that. I actually have a kind of a funny story based off this. Someone a while back asked me to tell my favorite junior golf stories, and I think I told the one about getting hit in between in the in the bad spot after hitting a tree. And there was one where I was playing the state championship, and at Greenwood Country Club, and there was water inside the sand trap because we had had like an eight hour delay for, for like a rainstorm. And the bunker was so small, there was no place to, like, if you, if you hit it, like, if there's water in a bunker, you can put it in a dry spot. But it was so small, there was no place to do it. So the guy told me I had to hit it out of the water inside the sand, which is, one, just completely not true. You're supposed to be able to pull it out. But, again, I love the Mississippi Delta, but that's just some jank Delta stuff. And I basically splashed myself in the face, got myself soaking wet, and the ball went nowhere. It, it didn't move. So... It's a, hell of, it's a hell of a day to be me. Um, I had one text last night, I believe, that I didn't get to. A little something to trigger Colin. Embrace the debate, the 2010s Dodger team. So the Dodger teams of this decade are the 90s Braves. Worse than the playoffs. I mean, the, so here's the thing about the Dodgers. I'm not a Dodgers fan. Like, I want Clayton Kershaw to win a title because the dude deserves to win a title. Um, so them falling short in 2013 doesn't trigger me in 2009, like that doesn't bother me. Uh, the 2017 Dodgers is going to be the one that bothers me because Dave Roberts mismanaged Game Seven of the World Series so badly. Um, I don't think they win the World Series this year. Um, I think they get to it, but just from watching. The, the lack of faith they had in the bullpen, I'd I change my tune on this team, even if they would have won game five. I don't think they could have won the World Series this year. 
just because of their bullpen uh, inefficiencies. Well, and they've made what? Back-to-back World Series, how many straight CSs? Uh, 16, 17, 18. There was three, three straight CSs. So, like, the, the I mean, that's got to be better than the 90s Braves, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, the Braves, the Braves did win one, though. They did. So that's an interesting conversation. I'm not old enough to remember most of the 90s Braves, but, like... Braves made two World Series and won one, yeah. So I guess for now, until the Dodgers win one, it's probably the Dodgers. Yeah, I mean, the Dodgers, I mean, they've struggled more. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, I think those Braves teams were better relatively, but, yeah, I mean, I think it's the Dodgers right now. I think that's all the Mailback Friday questions we had. We appreciate your participation, as always. I, um, yeah, so I guess we'll go straight in. Oh, I wrapping up. Any final Missouri Ole Miss thoughts? Oh, I'll steal the segment for, that we do on radio. Two questions. If Ole Miss is going to win on for, on Saturday, they absolutely have to do what? Uh, throw for two, at least 200 yards. Okay, I have something similar. I'm just going to say show some semblance of multidimensionality uh, early in the game. Yeah, at least even if you're not that effective throwing the ball, you have to give some kind of veil or, like, kind of threat that you're going to be able to throw it early in the game because if Missouri if you're Rich Rod, you come out throwing just to make sure that they know you will throw the I thing. would to some degree. I'm not about to like tell a coach how to do a game plan or whatever, but I yeah, I would to some degree at least like at least flash some of it early. Because then what happens what's gonna if like Missouri stacks the box early and puts eight guys in there, and Ole Miss is going three and out because they haven't had success running the ball, and you get down 14 to nothing by the second quarter, I don't think that's going to bode well for them coming back. Like, I don't think yep. that, that Ole Miss needs to move the ball early. Even if they go down and just get an early field goal or early touchdown, just showing you can move the ball early and have them a little bit off balance I think is huge. So I'm going to say show multidimensionality early in the in the game, even if it doesn't end up turning out that way. In the final stat sheet. Yep, um, conversely, Ole Miss may, if Ole Miss is going to win Saturday, they absolutely cannot do blank. Turn the football over more than one time. Okay, I think that's a good one. I'm going to say let Kelly Bryant throw for 350 plus in the passing game. I, I say that's a, such a subjective number. Kelly Bryant can't win this game by himself with his arm. Like, yep, it, I agree. Because I mean, he's, he makes it throw. Look. Kelly Bryant can throw for 400 yards, but if they're behind 14 points the whole game, it's kind of useless yards, you know? Yeah, and you just you, you can't allow, you know, 56-yard touchdown followed by a 40-something. Huge explosive plays that just, no, like, to, to where it's a game to where you're just, you're, you have no chance because every time they throw the ball, something bad is happening to your defense. Yeah, I, I'm completely with you. So... I, that's really about all the thoughts that I had on it. I'm fascinating to I'm fascinated this game because it, honestly, it wouldn't shock me if Ole Miss won this game outright. It really wouldn't stun me if they play a good football game. I think they'll have a chance to win in the fourth quarter because I don't think you know anything about Missouri. I mean, with respect, no, I, I'm with you. I don't think Ole Miss wins this game, but I'm not going to be shocked if they do. No, and but. This is a really interesting opportunity for them because the entire outlook of their season changes if they're able to pull off one of these signature wins oh, yeah. the next two weeks. Because, I mean, hell, yeah. if you beat Missouri and you have a huge crowd for A&M, and, like, if you win that game, that punches your bowl ticket right then and there, which is incredible how quickly the season changes. So, Go under your head. Go under your head. What's their record in their next two games? I think they get one. 
gun to my head, it's zero and two. In my in my honest opinion, if I'm wrong and I get shot, I'm still going zero and two. But cause just because they haven't shown me that they can win a game like this and piece together yeah. a game, they haven't shown me that. Until they do, I'm not going to say they're going to. But they have a really, really interesting opportunity these next two weeks, and particularly on Saturday. I don't think you know much about Missouri. I'm interested to see how Kelly, how limited Mo- Kelly Bryant's mobility is. I'm interested to see how Ole Miss fares offensively. This is a fascinating game to me, and it's a chance for I, Ole Miss to really develop a signature win or put together. We won't record before this comes out. I'm interested in what the line is against A and M next week. Well, I mean, it'll probably have some something to do with this game. Sure, sure. But I think if you're setting it today, it's what four, maybe. I would have gone six, six-ish. But yeah, somewhere in that neighborhood. Yeah, I, I think I think if Ole Miss is going to pull one off, I think if you told me they win one of these two, it is it is certainly next week. Yeah. So I, that's about all the thoughts I had on that. We got into it. Obviously, you can go back and listen to our Wednesday show. We had a cool interview with Peter Ball, who covers Missouri for the Athletic. We talked a lot of Missouri on Wednesday. Um, so go back and look at that for Monday and Wednesday show if you're looking for some more Missouri talk. Let's get into our picks. We've got Greg the Meat Doctor on. So basically how we're going to do this is I recorded with Greg before this. Greg's got your picks. Greg is going to become your meat man and your meat sharp. He's going to lead us all to rich and prosperous lives to where we don't have to work because we just follow his picks. But let's get into yours. What, we'll, what we're going to do here is we're going to get into we'll, me and you will do the picks. And then I'll go to Greg, and that'll just end the podcast. So the last thing you're going to get is a taste of the meats. Sounds good. You want me to start with college? No, I guess we'll give the arbitrary. Obviously, we have Greg on today, but this podcast is brought to you by LBs. Yeah. <laughs> See, Greg, he's got the meats. He's across from Kroger on University Avenue. He's going to tell you all about what he's got as far as play legend. Him talking made me incredibly hungry. I mean, he was talking about spicy sausages, all kinds of stuff. He's got all kinds of stuff. I seriously, I keep saying this, and I haven't had time to go do it for Monday Night Football. I'm making myself do it. I'm going to go by and see Greg and see what he's got for me, and I'm going to grill for this Monday Night Football game, which I think is a sneaky good game. Packers and Lions. So yeah, it is. It is. So I think I'm going to go see him. He's got all kinds of plate lunches and stuff. You're going to be hungry listening to him talk, but we really appreciate Greg sponsoring the podcast. I'm not sure if he. I, well. I think if we'll let his picks become a weekly thing. We'll just kind of see what his availability is and see how it goes. Like I said, I asked a couple really stupid questions about grilling stuff. You know, can he can he make me seem like not a complete moron with a spatula in my hand to my girlfriend? Maybe we'll see. That's Greg's biggest challenge other than having a winning record in the picks. So let's let's go to we'll go, me and you will make our picks real quick. Then we'll go to Greg and that'll be the end of the podcast. All right. Uh, Ole Miss plus twelve and a half in Columbia. I think that's too many points. I'm not sure Ole Miss wins the game. I don't wouldn't I wouldn't bank on them winning the game, but I think that's too many points. Yeah, I agree. I'm taking the rebels. Oh, uh, by the way, by the way, I need to preface this. I think I picked some of these games with Greg in college just to kind of add to the conversation. I didn't pick the NFL ones, but when you're going back and counting, my picks with you are the ones that I'm cementing in. All right, now all right, sounds good. Uh, State catching. Seven and knock or they seven and knock. I pick state on the radio, so I'll stick with it. I'm going to take Tennessee. Okay. Uh, South Carolina's catching twenty three and a half at Georgia. Think that's a little too many points. I don't think Georgia has much trouble. But that's a lot of points, South Carolina. Yep. Bama's uh, laying seventeen in College Station. Alabama. I'm taking A and M. Uh, UNLV catching fifteen in Nashville. 
for Derek Mason's sake, I'm going to go Vandy. Yeah, I'm going to go Vanderbilt, too. Uh, you know, it'll be horrible. Arkansas catching six and a half in Lexington. I'm taking the Hawks. I think Arkansas might get their first SEC win because I think that backup quarterback for Kentucky is still kind of injured. I think they're on their last leg. Arkansas. Kentucky is atrocious. Um, Florida's catching 13 and a half in Baton Rouge. I think LSU wins the game. I'm not sure if it's like, quote unquote, close, but I think Mullen's going to scheme the hell out of them. I think that's too many points. I'm going to take the Gators here. I'm taking LSU. Uh, Oklahoma laying ten and a half versus Texas. Texas, too many points. I'm going to take Oklahoma. Let's see. Is there any other top 25 games? I'm scrolling. Iowa, Penn State, I think. Yeah, Iowa is, laying, is catching three at home against Penn State. I'm taking Iowa. I'm going to go Penn State because what Nathan Stanley did to my eyes last week, I still haven't forgiven him. I He's think Penn State's bad. pretty good, so I, I'll go Penn State here. Give me like a Pac-12 after dark or two, and then we'll go to NFL. All right. Uh, I mean, man, let's see. There's not many Pac-12s after dark. Let me let me see. If I'll, I'll pull up the late schedule. Though. Here we go. Uh, okay, here we go. Arizona's catching six at home against Washington. I'm taking Arizona. Yeah, whatever. Arizona, Washington, I don't understand, and I don't buy them. Uh, Boise State, here we go, last one. Boise State playing 13 at home against Hawaii. Hawaii's good. I'll go Boise State. I No, no, Wait, Hawaii's good. I'll go Hawaii. That made no yeah, sense. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm, go, I'm going Hawaii there. So, I right, I got the NFL put up. We'll roll through this real quick. London game, Buccaneers plus 2.5 Carolina. I think I'll go Carolina. Uh, yeah, I'm going Carolina. Bing, uh, Ravens minus 10.5 hosting Cincinnati. Cincinnati's the worst team I've ever seen, maybe not including Miami, uh, Baltimore. I'm Bengals. Really? Yeah. Okay, Baltimore rolls. Ravens aren't any good. I don't uh, disagree there, but the Bengals just lost to the Cardinals at home. Um, yeah, they did. Browns plus two against... Uh, Browns hosting Seattle plus two in a really fascinating game because the Browns need to win it. I will go Cleveland here, actually. Yeah, I am too. They're desperate. I think they win the football game. Uh, Greg called this the sucker game of the week, and I tend to agree with him. Kansas City minus four at home against Houston. Houston. I'm not I'm not falling in that trap. I'll go Houston. I think Kansas City's defense has some problems. Yeah, and my home is hurt. Jacksonville is a two-point favorite over New Orleans at home. Well. Yeah, whatever. Minshew mania. Uh, Minnesota minus three at home against Philadelphia. The Kirk Cousins against a good defense. I'm not falling Make for it, it again. Give me the yep. Eagles. Yeah, not falling for that shit again. We're not. We're not. We're not doing Washington Miami. I made an executive decision. Well, we had to because Greg asked if he couldn't pick it, and I made him. So he actually asked the same thing. <laughs> Washington, Miami is catching three and a half at home against a winless Washington team. Dolphins get their first win. The tank doesn't work. All right, I'm taking Washington. I don't know, man. Me neither. I'm just, I, there's no way I can make a serious pick. L.A. minus three and a half at home against the Niners. I think L.A. still got some issues. I think they're an okay team, but they might be the odd man out in a Super Bowl hangover year when a really good two other teams in the division. San Francisco, give them to me. They're good. Yeah, I'm taking my three and a half with them because I think they can win the football game. Atlanta is a two-point favorite on the road at Arizona. I don't know. I'm sick of the Falcons. Arizona wins again. Yeah, I mean, the Falcons don't play on the road, so why not take Arizona? New York plus seven at home against the Cowboys. I don't know if Donald's playing. I don't think it matters. Cowboys bounce back against a bad team. 
Uh, I think I think Dallas killed them. Yeah, uh, Denver minus two against the Titans. This is a random game that the Titans always go in and win because no one's paying attention, and it's a game after a really terrible loss. So Titans. I'm going to take Denver. That's fine. That's just my Titans logic, and I'm going to be right on that one. You know what? Screw it. That's my lock of the week because of that logic. <laughs> that's just, it it that's happens just every now. time. It happens every time. So, it, I'm telling you, watch it. The Titans are going to go in there and win because no one's watching and no one's paying attention. Um, L.A. Chargers are minus 6.5 at home on Sunday Night Football against the Steelers. Is Rudolph playing? No. Steel, uh, then I'm taking L.A. I'm taking the Steelers because it doesn't make sense. Okay, that's fair. Uh, Green Bay's minus 3.5 at home against Detroit. I think this is a game where people start to giving Detroit respect. I'm going the Lions. I'm going the Lions, too. Yeah, I'm with you. So that's all of our picks. Did we miss anything else? Uh, no, I think that's it. We've got the CS this weekend. I'm saying Nats in six. Yeah, I'm saying I'm saying Nats in five. I don't think it's really that competitive. The thing is, though, dude, if you lose game one of your St. Louis, and I think they win it with Michaelis on the mound, but if you lose with the Nationals throwing Anibal Sanchez, you're toast. Yeah, because Scherzer's going game two, and you're not being able to throw Flaherty. And then you do get to throw Flaherty in Washington against Strasburg. Godspeed. And then Corbin after. Yeah, good luck. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think that's set up well for Washington. Uh, I'm going to go Astros in seven. I think, I think I'm going to go Astros, but I don't know if I think it goes that deep. I think the Astros are a lot better. Okay. So those are our picks. Um, I'm headed to Missouri right now. I am uh, late as usual. So we will uh, we'll be back at it on Monday. Appreciate you guys listening. Like and subscribe. Hope everyone has a good weekend. Hope you blow your entire paycheck on irresponsible things. Just kidding. Um, kind of. But I um, we will be back at it on Monday. Like and subscribe. Rate and review to the podcast. Greg asked me about the Bumble guy, and he was disappointed to hear that he deleted his comment. We've never heard from him since. So, um, please, please return. Yeah, so please entertain Greg maybe with some entertaining podcast interviews. One last time, this podcast is brought to you by LBs, but you don't want to stop listening to the podcast here because Greg is going to lead us all to the promised land. He's your meat guy. He's your meat sharp. Here are Greg's picks presented by LBs. But I'm just saying we'll see you on Monday because this is the last time I'm going to talk. So for Colin Brister, I am Brian Scott Rippey. Here are Greg's picks. You're not going to want to miss this. You're going to learn some new grilling stuff. Here is Greg. All right, we now welcome on the LB's Mastermind. What's up, Greg? Hey, guys. What's going on? Everything good? Yeah, yeah, everything's good. I'm. Uh, you're getting in on our, uh, our, I guess, our weekly pick segment. So we'll. Uh, this will now be a three-horse race. Colin has beaten me on um, the last couple weeks, so we'll kind of see, kind of see where you hit after this week. But getting started, we actually had a couple meat questions as part of our Mailbag Friday that uh, you might be able to answer. Um, so do you want to start there or do you or actually tell us what you got going on today and kind of some of your daily and weekly specials? Cause Colin and I always try to cover it, but we can't exactly do it as good as you would. Yeah. Well, uh, we do a, pl- a daily plate lunch, uh, which is one meat, two sides, a roll and a drink for $9. Um, man, we've been doing really good on the plate lunches and we brought back the Philly cheese steak, which uh, is a very popular sandwich here. Um, as far as the uh, plate lunch today, I've got uh, half-smoked chicken, I've got some meatloaf, I've got a bacon-wrapped pork loin, and let's see, what else did I get? Uh, oh, I think I uh, might have made some lasagna. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's been a wild morning, uh, but 
trying to get everything put together. But as far as uh, weekend special, we do a bacon wrap six ounce fillet for twelve dollars. Um, just uh, come, you can come in and just find out what a flat rate is because a lot of people, you know, on the price per pound, they're like, how much is this steak going to be? You know, so uh, just try to help the customer out on that because a lot of uh, you know women come in and get a six ounce fillet. So if they know. They're spending twelve bucks on a six ounce fillet. You know they they can assume about an eight ounce is going to be right around you know eighteen to nineteen dollars. So, uh, but yeah, we've got a lot of good stuff going on. We made an, uh, a, another sausage. Uh, we made a, a flying chicken sausage, which is kind of like the remake of the flying pig sausage. So it's a chicken and duck blend. Um, it's very it was it was pretty good. And of course. Um, we still do the ribeye sausage, and the, uh, we did a uh, we do a spicy ribeye sausage now. So uh, the regular ribeye sausage has got the Hoover sauce. The spicy ribeye is just uh, without the Hoover sauce, and it's got a little paprika and jalapeno flakes. So kind of like a spicy beef sausage. So yeah, uh, you know, there's always something going on at LB's. Uh, you know, it's ne- never a dull day around these parts. How do you kind of decide on a given day, like, what's going to be the special and kind of what you might have on tap as far as just, like, a special or a custom cut or whatever? What goes into that process? Well, I mean, uh, on the plate lunch, it's a lot of, like, uh, say, for example, if uh, we do everything, you know, weekly. So whenever we do fresh sausage, uh, we have uh, seven days to either uh, sell it, and then after the seventh day, we either cook it or freeze it. And, uh we have a lot of out-of-town customers um, that, you know, are going to put stuff in their freezer anyway. So we take $2 off of all the frozen products. So, you know, I have a lot of out-of-town customers that come in and just, you know, come in and pack uh, pack in about, a, you know, a grill pack, some duck poppers, uh, sausage stuff, pork chop. But, you know, a lot of it goes on, uh, you know, date uh, on product that's going out of date, you know. So say, for example, the other day um, – we had some uh, crab and cornbread stuffed chicken breasts that were going out of date. So instead of putting it over the freezer, you know, I put it on the plate lunch and t- so our customers can try the product if they've never, you know, got it before. So uh, it just helps out whenever you, you, that you sell the product that you cook. And, um, yeah. But, yeah, it's uh, – it's, I mean, we're going through – I mean, we're doing 35 to 40 plate lunches a day. And um, that's a lot of food. Um, this week – Alone, uh, we feed the baseball team every week, and the baseball team um, usually do uh, chicken bacon ranch, Philly cheesesteak, like, you know, snack lunch, but they switched over to uh, post-game meals. So Tuesday and Thursday, Tuesday we basically, uh, I cook about 40 pounds of spaghetti for the team and do a bacon wrap pork loin and, like, some mac and cheese. So the guys come in, they get done with their workout, they grab a, a plate, fill, you know, fill their plate up, and then, take it home so um so yeah we basically fed uh 50 50 baseball players on tuesday and wednesday and then turned around and did 35 plate lunches on wednesday so we feed a lot of people and uh you know a lot of a lot of college students come in for the plate lunch because it's hard to get a really good meal for eight bucks i mean you know um so just because you know, anywhere you go, you're going to, you know, sit down to a sit-down restaurant, but at least you're going to spend $15. I mean, unless you're going to cookout or McDonald's or something like that. Yeah, so... Um, but, yeah, Plate Lunch has been doing really good. The Philly cheesesteak is, is, uh, has come back, and we do at least 10 to 15 uh, uh, Phillies a day. So. 
Do we, we had a guy in our mailbag ask about a jerky recipe? Do you have any idea? Like, would you be able to help him out with that? Do you is that like? You know, I've personally never done jerky before, but you know, there's particular cuts that are going to be good for jerky. Um, a, lo- uh, a lot of people do like the bottom round or something like that. I have a uh, a cut that we do. It's called the um, the picanha. So basically, it's a Brazilian cut, the top butt of the sirloin. So it's kind of like I don't know. Whenever I cut it into strips, it looks like thin cut New York uh, New York strip. So with that being said, um, you know you can do that because, or you can do something like um, uh, sirloin or, or roast or what you're looking for is because you're looking for a solid piece of meat that you can square off, put in the freezer, and then thinly slice and then put in your dehydrator. I wish that I was more familiar with jerky, and I wish we actually had a dehydrator and did stuff that, but that's just a whole other can of worms, you know, for, for us to do. <laughs> I hear you. So I'm assuming there's probably more people out there like me that, like, I don't cook very well, but I can grill okay. Like, what would be something I could walk in and get and, like, I guess impress my girlfriend to where I throw it on the grill and she doesn't think I'm a complete moron? Um, you know, it, we... Uh, you know, that's the most asked question I get is, how do you cook this? Or, hey, what's the easiest way to do this? You know, because um, a lot of people, you know, um, don't know how to cook, like you were saying. Um, what what I would do if you uh, if she likes, like, a steak, just come in and just get a, uh, uh, maybe a filet. This one of these six-ounce filets, they're going to be roughly right around an inch and a half to two inches cut. You just want to sear it, you know, get your cast iron skillet, or what you can do is put it in the oven and kind of do a, you know, cook it in the oven for a little bit, then finish it off on the grill. Um, there's a lot of uh, different ways to cook steaks. There's a lot of different ways to cook pork chops. What I normally do on everything is I always sear it really hot on each side to get kind of a char on each side, and then just finish it off on indirect heat on the grill or in the oven because. All you're trying to do is find a consistent temperature to finish off that product that you're trying to cook. As far how did so I kind of like I'm going in reverse order here, but I kind of let everyone listening know kind of how you got into this and how long you've been doing it and all that. Man, I've uh, we've been uh, well. The business has actually been open. We're about to uh, be open for our tenth year. I've been working at the business for about a little over eight. Uh, the business has, uh, man, uh, it's almost like Oxford, you know, Oxford's a roller coaster, you know, whenever, um, in 2014, you know, this town was ginning, you know, uh, everybody was coming to Oxford, everybody was, um, wanting to, you know, be in the Grove and everything like that, and, you know, whenever the team kind of fell off, uh, via, you know, the last couple of years, you know, it's affected, it's affected businesses and it's affected a lot of things, but, you know, we've, uh, we've rolled with it. Uh, I'm, I'm very fortunate enough that I have a very good um, per, uh, personal relationship with the Ole Miss baseball team. Uh, we feed them two times a week. Uh, Arkansas State called me at Monday. You know, they needed a, a post-game meal for the, for the scrimmage this weekend. Had no problem with doing that. So uh, we, um, I had the softball team reach out to me uh, uh, last week. We just recently... Um, sponsored the hockey team and uh we fed them two times so um you know it's uh it's all about putting your product out there you know there's not a lot of uh i mean i don't know what Ole Miss baseball would do if they didn't have lb i mean it, it would uh i promise you chris would be you know freaking out because 
there's been two, three, so many times that they've called me, you know, the day, and they're like, hey, you know, Coach B wants to do a, a post-game meal at, like, 6 o'clock. Can you do something? I'm like, sure, man. What do you all want to do? I don't know. Just, you know, we need something, you know. And so for a program to, you know, pick up the phone and call somebody like that, you know, it's, uh, uh, it's you know, almost, you know, something to be proud of for sure. Last thing I got for you, and then we'll get into some picks. Is there, like, as, as far as you just – I'm talking about you personally, if you're throwing something on the grill – do you have, like, seasonal things that you enjoy more when it's, I don't know, fall versus spring or things like that? Like, for someone that's not well-versed in, like, cooking different types of meats, like, is there anything you prefer at different times of the year? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of not like, uh, you know, you drink bourbon in the winter and vodka in the summer. Right. Um, you know, it's, it's all a matter of preference. Uh, one of the great things about LBs is you can walk in the door and not have a clue what you want. And then next thing you know, you look around and you're grabbing a half chicken. Uh, you know, you're grabbing a bacon wrap pork chop. Uh, you're grabbing, uh, you're grabbing like a pound of uh, fresh wagyu out of the round. Um, sirloin and Hoover's very popular. So, but as far as you know, me personally, it, when it, I cook so much food, it's hard for me to uh, go go to the house and you know fire up the grill and you know and, and do that because I you know I'm, I live alone, but. I like to, you know, cook uh, food for friends. So I'll, I'll basically what I'll do is I'll take a spread of uh, probably a ribeye sausage, uh, a Swayze sausage, a chicken sausage, and then I'll take probably like two chicken breasts, a couple sirloin and Hoover's, and uh, maybe a you know sausage stuffed pork chop, and you just we just have a spread, and you can just you know eat whatever you want, whatever you feel like. You heard it from the meat doctor himself. So. Uh, let's see if you can kick me and Colin's ass in these picks this week. You ready to get into some? So what we do is we pick most of the SEC games, maybe a couple random ones, and then we kind of just rapid fire through all the NFL. Can you handle that? Yeah. So is this, uh, this is straight. This is uh, spread and everything. So there's not like a live bet. So whenever like Ole Miss is up seven nothing, and I can get Ole Miss plus seven and a half, there's uh, there's none of that action, right? Not on not on this. I do not run a live betting site. Oh, uh, don't do not do it. Do not do not do not <laughs> sign up for it. Do not do it. Uh, that's all my recommendation. We uh, we keep it we keep it pretty simple on this one. So I, I do not offer live bets to Colin or vice versa. <laughs> so we're locked in as we go. So I guess getting started as I'm scrolling down here. First one we got is Ole Miss plus twelve at Missouri. Man, I mean I, I think Kelly Brown picked up I picked up an injury. I, the Rebs defense plays hard. I, I can't not take points whenever a defense is playing hard. And, I, you know, I'm not sitting here trying to t- drink the Kool-Aid and, you know, take the Rebs. But, you know, that's a lot of points for uh, for a young, hungry football team. And I say that, you know, as, as nicely as possible because they are. They're young. They're hungry. They want to get out there and, pl- and play. So um, I'm going to take the points. Absolutely. I actually agree with that as well. I think this is too many points. I think Missouri's defense is more of a product of who they played than how they played. I think Ole Miss is kind of on the verge of kind of – you mentioned the young team. They're improving. They're on the verge of getting a signature win. I'm not sure if they get it this week, but that's too many points for me. I'm going Ole Miss plus 12 as well. We've got Georgia minus 22.5 at home against South Carolina. I mean, it's hard to lay – Two, two touchdowns, much less three touchdowns, regardless of, you know, the product that you're taking. Uh, I mean, George, I'm not saying anything bad against Georgia. Georgia can 
you know, uh, go down seven nothing, and the next thing you know, it's, uh, it's forty two to seven. Uh, they just have that type of talent uh, on both sides of the ball. Uh, you know, I, I I don't know how much Champ's still there. I mean, I guess they can't find a better option, uh, but. It's just hard to take uh, a three touchdown, uh, three touchdowns in a you know in a East, you know in a in a matchup like that. I wouldn't say it's a rivalry, but you know it's you know they're both in the East and they're you know they both you know hold standards to each other. So I'm just gonna like I said, I'm I'm a I'm a dog kind of guy, so I'm just gonna have to take the dog here. I think I'm gonna do South Carolina too. I think that's too many points. I think I don't think there would be any danger of losing this game as far as Georgia, but I think optics matter for Muschamp this year to where his team's not very good, but he doesn't need to get blown out. So I'll take South Carolina plus twenty two and a half. Have you? Yeah, ever- I mean, I can see something like in the fourth quarter, Georgia being up like twenty four to ten, and you know, and maybe pushing for that. You know, maybe you know, pushing for the for the cover, but. You know, there's always that Marty the Moose garbage touchdown that, you know, for that 22-point <laughs> dog at the end. Have you ever grilled a Gamecock? I'm not even sure what that is. Um, no, <laughs> I haven't. I mean, we've smoked birds, but uh, nothing that has a dagger on his foot that uh, is trying to kill somebody. Fair enough. Fair enough. Right, we've got State minus 6.5 at Tennessee. I think I'm going Tennessee here. I don't trust State. I... Um... Uh, you know, I, I always told myself that I'd never bet on any sort of Mississippi school if it was Ole Miss or State. I just don't like State. I mean, their coach doesn't do it for me. You know, um, I just, you know, I think, I mean, it, when you look at the Auburn-Florida game and, you know, you saw Florida beat Auburn and you turn around and you look at, like, how did Auburn beat State by how many? Well, but coaching, you know, I feel like State is, didn't hire the right guy, and then if they if they lay an egg against Tennessee, I mean, I feel like he's really on the hot seat, and you know they, he should be. It's the uh, it's kind of the week of the underdog. We had a couple sharps on our radio show the other day, and they were both very underdog heavy as well. We've got Kentucky getting a touchdown at Arkansas, so Kentucky minus seven. Or that's, uh, that game's in Lexington, I mean, excuse me. I mean, I almost kind of feel like Arkansas is kind of like an Ole Miss team in a way. They're, you know, kind of improving with the new coach and everything. Um, I, you know, I took Arkansas against Texas A&M on that, uh, and that was just a lot of points to lay. Kentucky, I, I, I mean, good system. You know, I think they've got a couple people hurt. Um, I don't know. I feel like, uh, man, Arkansas is fast. I mean, we beat them. We beat, I mean, we didn't beat them. We drummed them. I mean, I think. I, I honestly feel like the Rebs should be 5-1, and one, but that's just another side of the story, I feel like. But uh, I, I, I'll, take, uh, I'll take Kentucky. I'll take, I'll, I'll take my first favorite here. I think I'm going to agree with you on that. I, let's see. What's the next? Uh, UNLV is catching 14-and-a-half at Vanderbilt. I think I'm going to go Vanderbilt because for Derek Mason's sake, they better win. Yeah, I mean – Whenever you look at uh, coaches and taking over programs and see how they are in the last two to three years, you know, Derek Mason's like on the fence. You don't know if they're improving. You don't know if they're, you know, getting better or not. I mean, I think UNLV is probably hot garbage. Uh, for them to, you know, travel to Vandy, to Vandy uh, it's going to be hot. They don't, you know, I, I mean, I've been to Las Vegas whenever it was 108, and I went and I flew out of Jackson, Mississippi when it was 92. Two totally different things. Two totally different things. I just feel like uh, you know Vandy has better players. 
has a better coach, they should cover. We've got – oh, I meant to ask you on that Arkansas thing. So I went up there this summer for the baseball series, and they had that big-ass live pig in a cage out there. I was surprised when none of those fans tried to steal it and grill it. Um, yeah, I, well, you know, those cuts look really sharp, and uh, he seemed, uh, he seemed uh, really mad. So he did seem I, very angry. I'd probably stay clear of the, uh, the, the horned tusk uh, hog in the cage. I think it could kill me because I'm not sure I could have taken that thing down with it. Like at least not gotten out alive. I don't. I don't. I don't like my chances. We'll go LSU, Florida. LSU is now minus thirteen and a half with Florida on the road. I think I'm going to go with Dan Mullen here. I think LSU wins the game, but I'm not sure they covered that many points because I think Mullen will have a pretty solid game plan. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I hate to say it, Mullen is a good coach. I mean, he's always has a decent playing plan. I don't think LSU's defense is, is that good. I mean, of course, they'll probably only give up a touchdown and, you know, score 42 and win 42-7 to seven and be like, hey, Greg, uh, how's our defense uh, look this week, you know? Hey, man, that's, that's a tough game to call. Again, I, I, I like points in a, you know, in a matchup like that. You know, of course, uh, Tiger Stadium and Death Valley at night is, you know, tough. Whatever, man, I, I – I've seen an Ole Miss team go in there and win. I've seen a you know Alabama team literally run the run them out of the the stadium at you know start of the third quarter. So um, I, I think Florida won't be intimidated. I think they'll you know stick to the game plan. They'll try to you know slug it out with them. And you know I think I mean again thirteen points is a lot of points. I take I'll take the dogs. Are you are you real well versed in cooking alligator? What how's that work? Um, so when alligator is expensive. Alligator is very expensive. What the what we did with alligator is we made an alli- uh, a smoked alligator sausage. So we just blended it in with pork. Um, it's hard for me to charge fifteen dollars a pound for sausage. You know, um, it, the the ribeye sausage, which is an all beef sausage, it's all ribeye trim and strip trim and fillet trim. It's you know it's ten dollars a pound, and it's just hard for me to go you know anything. But alligator meat is very expensive and. Uh, but we have done a sausage with it before. But, uh, yes, you're just basically kind of wanting – it tastes like chicken uh, in a way, <laughs> but it's kind of like a real gamey chicken, I would say. <laughs> Last one we got is Alabama is minus 17 and a half at Texas A&M. Out trust A&M. I think I'm going to Alabama. Yeah. The only thing that worries me about Alabama is uh, I think they've got eight freshmen starting on defense. I mean, granted, those freshmen are probably four to five stars and, you know, have, have gotten – uh, almost a half year under Nick Saban, and they probably improved tremendously. But, uh, man, I mean, Alabama's just – they just get it. They know that – they. it's almost like they know the number. They know the number, what to cover, and they get it done. So, um, you know, I'm going to stick with Alabama and, uh, you know, and let the tide roll. All right, I'll let you go rapid-fire NFL here because I know you got to get to work – we will, uh, no, you're good. You're good. I got the store taken care of. We can talk for at least 30 more minutes if you want to. <laughs> yeah, right, let's go. So transitioning to the NFL where I don't think they have any mascots that you would be allowed to eat in this country. At least maybe Falcons, Cardinals. No, really nothing. Um, I mean, uh, Dolphin maybe. Uh, you know? <laughs> that's true. That's true. I hadn't thought about that. I don't think you want to eat a Bronco. Uh, I don't think you can eat an Eagle. I'm pretty sure that's highly illegal. Oh yeah, you'll be put underneath the underneath the uh, jail on that. Yeah, I don't um, know what a Seahawk is. I mean, is. you know, I can't. I mean, I used to eat Saint Peas. You know, the can okay. that had the Saint emblem on them. That's why I used to call them Saint Peas. Uh, I don't think you could eat a Panther or a Raven. 
Yeah, no, seem, both seem pretty tough. You know, uh, yeah, maybe, you know, in a pressure cooker, maybe, but <laughs> no, uh, I don't. I mean, yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, NFL I mean, slacking yeah. off. That's uh, that's disappointing. But first one we got, we got London game, Tampa Bay's plus two and a half against Carolina. Man, uh, I, I, I honestly think Carolina's better without Cam Newton. <laughs> they certainly played better. I think I'll go Carolina too. Yeah, I like Carolina. I mean, they, uh, I mean, they went on the road and uh, to Houston and got a got a, uh, a solid win there. Houston's a good club too, and. Uh, and then, as you can, uh, and then Houston turned around and blew out the Falcons the next week. So, um, and, you know, uh, I, I'll take Ron Rivera. I like him. He, uh, I watched the. I mean, I was a big Saints fan, and it's hard for me to say, oh yeah, I like a, NF, another NFC South team. So, um, I'm just not a uh, crab. I don't like crab legs. So I don't like Jameis Winston. So, uh, <laughs> so I'm gonna go with the Panthers. Uh, Baltimore minus ten and a half at home against Cincinnati. The Bengals are one of the worst teams I've ever seen. Uh, Miami's getting all the heat for tanking. I think the Bengals might be just as bad. Yeah, Bengals are real bad. I mean, whenever you have Mason Randolph putting up thirty five on you, uh, and then you got memes of uh, your best receiver on the sidelines, you know, reacting to every play. I mean, it's just that's just a bad franchise right now. And it's, I mean, you know, whenever they held on to Marvin Lewis as long as they did and you know I'm not knocking Andy Dalton but you know uh, that's just a bad franchise and that's just a bad team and they you know I, I, I can't I always I always try not to doubt the professional athlete say for example you know they'll lay an egg and the next week they'll cover you know but you know Bengals are bad I, I, you know I'm, I'm not going to bet on a bad team Seahawks minus two on the road at Cleveland. This is an interesting game because Cleveland really has got to win it. I'm not sure they do, though. Um, man, uh, I think Baker Mayfield might have need to, needed to uh, stay off GQ and shotgun and beers, especially at Cleveland Indian games. Jesus. Um, find a better place to hang out. Uh, I, I mean, again, I think people have figured out Baker Mayfield. And whenever you get to him, he'll scramble out and try to make a play, and he'll make a mistake, you know, quick enough to, you know, quicker than, you know, making a play. I just, I, I'm Russell, uh, Wilson, Russell Wilson, Wilson solid. I mean, they got, um, they got DK now, and that's a big play wide receiver that they kind of needed. Um, I mean, I, I like I said, I, I'm, I, I don't feel like, I feel like they figured out Cleveland, and, you know, uh, I, like I said, I'm going to take Seahawks here. We go Texans Chiefs. The Chiefs are a minus, minus four at home against the Texans. This, I mean, this has got sucker written all over. It. Yes, I mean, it does. You know, I'm pretty sure everybody and their grandmother is just going to be all over the Chiefs here, um, just because they laid an egg Sunday night against the Colts. And whenever a good team like that lays an egg, you just just assume that they're going to bounce back, especially at home. Houston's got a good team. I mean, they just put up 50 on Atlanta, and you know, putting 50 up 50 on an NFL team ain't no slouch. So, um, man, I. I I feel like if Kansas City wins, they win on field goal. So I'm going to have to take points here. I'll take Houston. Jacksonville is a two point favorite over the Saints at home. You know, I I, I didn't think that Garner Minshew was going to do what he did, but he's a baller. I mean, he's a he's a gamer. He's a player. Um, and then, you know, whenever I felt that Breeze went down, I felt like that the Saints needed to at least kind of steady the shift to at least go. Um, 500 until he gets back, but 
Teddy Bridgewater's been solid. Um, and they've kept, they've kept the game plan very simple for them. They run the ball. You know, they don't, you know, take chances and stuff like that. It's hard for me to bet against the Saints just because that defense, whenever Breeze went down, that defense immediately stepped up and started playing a lot, you know, you know, felt like they needed to step up. And uh, you can tell. So I'm going to take Saints here, no, no doubt. Minnesota minus three against Philadelphia, the classic battle of Kirk Cousins versus a good team. Um, you know, I follow uh, this famous Las Vegas gambler guy or whatever on Twitter, and he yesterday he posted a $50,000 bet on uh, on the Vikings. Wow. So, uh, so, I mean, I don't have 50000 to take on the Vikings, but this guy seems uh, uh, look pretty solid to me, and he actually had the devil raise against Verlander uh, on, for – Forty-five thousand to win ninety-five thousand. So uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to take uh, I'm going to take my Twitter guy here, and we're going we're going to take the Vikings. Uh, let's see, Miami Dolphins plus three and a half at home against the Redskins. These two teams have yet to win a game. This might be the grossest NFL game in a half decade. Okay, so uh, if you go to this game, you receive like a free bottle of te- uh, of preference, like tequila, vodka, or whatever <laughs> you drink. Right? I mean, yeah, I think you'd have to. Just for Good going. Lord. I mean, uh, they should pay you for b- having a ticket. Uh, I, I mean, I almost don't want to even pick this game. It sounds so bad. Um, pick a tie. I might. I, I mean, <laughs> can, can we? Can we? Like, uh, if I, if I, uh, if they end in a tie, can I get like two wins for it? Yes, <laughs> at least two, maybe three. Uh, no, just Lord. All right, so Dolphins at home? Yes, at home. God, I'll take the Dolphins at home. Good Lord. Todd, I'm, I'm friends with Todd Wade, so uh, he told me that he could play at least one quarter right now for the Dolphins. So if he can play one quarter for the Dolphins, uh, that's, that's bad. Rams minus three and a half against the Niners. This is interesting. Games in L.A., I, I, I'd probably lean Niners. Yeah, I mean, after the two uh, games that the Rams have played, I mean, Tampa Bay ran ran them out of their own stadium, and I mean, Seattle. I mean, they that was a good game. I mean, uh, I think the Forty ers are actually for real. Um, they, uh, I mean, I, I didn't think that the Browns. I mean, I thought the Browns, that the Forty ers and Browns were going to be a good game. But I didn't think that the 49ers was gonna, you know, run them out like that. I think the 49ers are a good club. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with the hot hand and uh, go with uh, Garoppolo and the Niners. The battle of two birds that I don't think you can eat either: Falcons and Cardinals. Falcons are minus two at Arizona. Oh man, Kyron Murray is just—I I don't know. I mean, it's—I know he's talented. I know he's got, you know, the uh, NFL arm, but. I mean, it's just hard to, I don't know, Falcons. The Falcons just laid an egg so bad against Houston. Ah, that's a tough call. I'll take uh, uh, I'll take the home dog. Jets plus seven at home against the Cowboys. Oof, Jets are so bad. It, 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 Sam, uh, Sam Darnold still sick? I don't know. They were saying he might play last week, and he didn't. I don't know his status for this week. This line leaves me to believe... Hell, I actually, I have no idea. I can't tell from this line. Let's just uh, yeah. 
I'm just <laughs> you just look at that line and you're like, okay, so uh, the the Cowboys have lost two games to two really good teams, and then they play a really bad team. Well, obviously, you know what they do against really bad teams is they, you know, they win by double digits. So uh, I cannot stand the Cowboys. But I'll take them because the Jets are really, really bad. Broncos minus two at home against the Tennessee Titans, the most inconsistent team in football. Well, you know, the uh, the Broncos, I, I, you can't figure out the Broncos. I, I, I can't. I mean, Joe Flacco is just, I don't know, man. I just scratch my head sometimes about that. Um, who are they playing against? You've got them at minus two against the Titans. Man, you know that I, I follow Craig Travis on Twitter, and he loves to like talk about the Titans, how they're melting down, and how this. I mean, I think they're trying to get. I mean, I think Mike Vrabel's not not a bad coach. I mean, I, I'll take the Titans. I, I'll take the Titans. Chargers minus six and a half at home on Sunday Night Football against the Steelers. Uh, at the Chargers? Yeah, in LA. Man, uh, that's a travel rule game for me, and I always do the travel rule, which is going to be if another team is having to travel to uh, uh, to um, two different, um, you know, you know, time time changes. You just take the take the home team. So I feel like the Steelers are. Uh, I feel like the Steelers are trying to tank the season and try to get a first pick. That's that's how I feel about the Steelers. So. Uh, and the Chargers, you know, laid an egg against Denver last week. So, all the, and they're two and two. So when that, they like to start out slow, so we'll take the Chargers to win by double digits. Last one, we've got the Green Bay Packers again at home, minus three and a half against the Detroit Lions in a sneaky good Monday night football game because I think the Lions are better than people are giving them credit for. Yeah, Lions aren't. Uh, I, there was um, there was one throw that Matt Stafford uh, made the other the other day against the Chiefs. And uh, on the, t- the Twitter, was like, if Patrick Mahomes made this throw, the internet would have broken, you know. Uh, Matt Stafford's solid, a, a solid quarterback and has been a solid quarterback. His record against Green Bay is awful. I mean, awful. I think he's got four touchdowns to, like, 17 interceptions. Something ridiculous. And uh, just hadn't had really good luck with the Green Bay Packers. And, you know, the Packers just went to Dallas and – I mean, they're up seventeen nothing at half, and you know, kind of cruised in the second half. Um, I mean, Green Bay is a, is a good club. Aaron Rodgers, is a good, man, I, I'm in a dog mood. I'll, I'll take Matt Stafford in the line. I like that pick as well. That's all we got this week. If you beat me and Colin too terribly, we're going to have to boot you from doing this because our egos are not going to be able to handle this. So we'll yeah, have to... yeah, especially with all our underdog moves. <laughs> I mean, like we are so doggy right now. So we're going to have to uh, we'll have to tally this up next week. I usually put Colin in charge of that. We usually have it on Wednesday show after the Monday night football game. But, Greg, I really appreciate your time this morning. Thank you so much for choosing to be a part of our podcast. We can't tell you how much we appreciate it. And hopefully we'll have you back on next week. I'll, maybe we can start making this a thing and people can start peppering me with more serious meat questions because I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. And we can, uh, we'll make this a weekly thing. Yeah, for sure. And uh, maybe next time the studio will be ready and I can bring some food and we can uh... – we can snack on some uh, LB's food while we do while we do the podcast. Absolutely, let's count on it. Colin didn't give me any heads up on that this week. I'm throwing him under the bus on that. I'll have two mics ready next week, and we'll we'll uh, we'll have a party. 
So we have no Bumble or Tinder questions uh, this week? No, none. And the guy that found my uh, – that that called me about the – like some girl gave him his number on Bumble and he left a podcast review saying how nice I was to him even though he got stood up. He deleted it. I guess he got embarrassed. I don't really know what the deal with that is. I thought I was uh, fairly nice to the fella. We definitely got to say uh, hello to the state listener. Didn't we get a, uh, a state reply on uh, the questionnaire? We did. That was the jerky guy. So I think we, I think you took care of him pretty good. Hey, well, we need to, uh, we need to let him know that there might be an LB coming to Starville because, you know, L, uh, LB's got to be everywhere. I mean, it's got to be everywhere. LB's worldwide. Well, well, yeah, I appreciate it and uh, enjoyed it. And, yeah, we can get together whenever you want. Just holler at me, man. S- sounds good. Go see Greg. University Avenue across from Kroger is undoubtedly the best place to get meat in Oxford or Mississippi at all, for that matter. Greg, we can't thank you enough. We'll holler at you again next week. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.